0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Went to Mo Kings Meadow, the podcast that talks exclusively about the Chelsea FC women's team. I'm your host, Dean, and on this week's show, in part one, we review Chelsea's first leg defeat away at Bayern Munich and preview the second leg all at the same time. And then in part two, we've got your emails and questions. This is episode 21 of Went to Mo Kings Meadow, entitled Down, but not out. Now, before we get started, we need your help to spread the word about this podcast. So if you enjoy what you hear, tag us in a tweet share us on Instagram, or how about leaving a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts as it helps other supporters find the show. We'd really appreciate your support. Now, joining me as ever is my wonderful co-host, Jane. Jane, how are you doing?
2: Yeah, I'm doing good, thank you. feels like it was only yesterday we recorded the last episode.
1: Yeah, it was like two weeks with nothing then. <laughs> um, and joining us back on the show, senior editor of the probably the second best Twitter account, um, CFCW social, that's Rob Prattley. Rob, how you doing, mate?
3: I'm, I'm good, thank you. I assume the reason it's second best is because CFC social is the best.
1: Well, as you may have heard in last week's emails, went to my King's Meadow is the best Twitter. Yeah, uh, citation
3: needed, I think. For clarified uh, for, for this individual, citation needed. Yeah, well, well enough of that, anyway. Let's um,
1: <laughs> let's try and get into the game then. Um, yesterday afternoon, as we were recording this. Um, Chelsea travelled to Munich to take on the current Bundesliga leaders, Bayern Munich, in the Champions League semi-final first leg. Jane, take us through the all-important information from this game.
2: So Chelsea lined up this one in a 4-4-2 formation with Berger and Goal, a back four of Carter, Bright, Ingle and Anderson. Kirby, Leopold, G, and Wrighton played in the midfield with Harder and Kurt up front. Emma Hayes used two substitutions with Neve Charles coming on for Guru Wrighton. And Bethany England on for Panil Harder. This left Musovic Telford, Blundell, Fleming, Carter Spence, Beaver Jones, and Fox's unused subs. Stats-wise with Bayern's numbers first, possession 36% to 64%. Shots 10-3 on target to 12-1 on target. Park- passing accuracy 71% to 84%. Possession lost, 145 to 140. Offsides three to two, tackles nine to thirteen, clearances ten to fourteen, interceptions twenty-two to sixteen, fouls nine to six, yellow cards one each. Counter attacks to Bayern one, none to Chelsea. Corners three to two, crosses eleven with one accurate accurate, to twelve with two accurate.
1: Those stats, of course, coming from the lovely Mia Eriksson and we do now Mia's tactical assessment which was Rob she noticed you know in games versus top teams this season Chelsea don't really have possession of the ball they like to sit back mm. and then play on the counter in this game you know it was complete opposite for them 64% to 36% um, the opponents were pressing us and it seemed like we didn't have a real solution to what to do with the ball
3: to an extent I think it was interesting and in that I think Bayern and before they were drawn against us i think they were the team that are most like us still in the champions league and it was interesting to see them come up against us in that regard because i think they did a real job on us um and i don't think they particularly i don't necessarily think bayern played very well if that makes sense with the ball themselves but i think they were just really efficient when they had it and that's what we really struggled with was the efficiency we were up against
1: yeah, you mentioned the efficiency, their passing accuracy of only 71% compared to to 84% for us. Mm. Jane, Chelsea had no counter-attacks and that's just not Chelsea really, is it?
2: No, it's not. I feel like it didn't help with the City game midweek. I think that mm. affected our performance quite a lot because where that was such a big game, we had to either win it or come out with a draw. That did take all our energy out, and that affected the performance on Sunday. Hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's go back to the lineup then. Um, Jess Carter keeping her place. Magda still like, injured. Um, Guru Wrighton coming in. Uh, Jane, what were your thoughts when that sort of lineup was announced?
2: Um, I was quite. I wasn't surprised that Magda was still out. I did think maybe Emma was just keeping it on the down low but it has turned out that she's got a calf injury or something. Um I was shocked that Carter started as well. I was hoping maybe Charles would have started. Yeah. And I I want I wanted Erin to start as well.
1: Yeah, I think we missed Erin quite a lot. Rob as sort of head of full backs uh, for the Went Smoking Meadow podcast. Um when Marin got injured and um, Neve came in she sort of came the right back and was playing really well and she's sort yeah. of lost that place now to Jess Carter hasn't she?
3: I, I think so to an extent I mean we've, we have to also look on the other side and say Carter is perhaps a bit more experienced in these big games and the thing you have to perhaps note is that Neem Charles in that um, game against Atletico in that very big match was very sort of unsteady we have to be honest and I think that was possibly why Carter got the nod because she was very good against Manchester City as well Um And I have to say, as much as I like her, I think John Anderson had a really, really poor couple of games um, in the last week. And it was clear Bayern sort of wanted to exploit that space in behind. And that's exacerbated with the lack of Magda Eriksson because Magda's so good at telling John to get back and to cover that space. And I think Sophie Ingle, the commentary team summed up brilliantly when they said it was like Fabinho for Liverpool, is that they can play really well at centre-back anyway, but you lose so much out of the midfield. And the big thing we lost was alongside Lerpoles. When Leopold's is in there with Ingle alongside her, there's real bite in that midfield. And I thought Lerpoles had a good game, but I don't think she could do it all by herself. And I think the fact that we had um, sort of Wrighton and G in there, neither of them were the sort of players that were going to really snap into tackle. So yeah, I would really agree. Missing Aaron Cuthbert was a sort of a surprising choice and one I think Emma got wrong.
1: Yeah, interesting on, on the fullbacks, which we'll discuss later. Let's sort of. Get into the game, then sort of. I thought in the fixture against Man City, the opening 10 minutes were shaky from Chelsea. I thought City really came at us in this game. I thought we looked composed. I said on Discord that you know we'd started pretty well, uh, and then Bayern scored. So thank you, for, no, for that. <laughs> um, Rob. The first goal was just errors, 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 wasn't it?
3: Yeah, I mean, on one hand, on one hand, you've got to praise, um, sort of you know, Bayern for exploiting that space but I said after I sort of watched Wednesday's game that we needed to address that issue that because again City were doing the exact same thing getting in behind Jana Anderson and Bayern when you've got a player like Hannah Glass in the side they were always going to use it in we saw it in the first leg against Wolfsburg Wolfsburg used that space in behind and they you know could very easily have been a couple of goals up in that first leg from that space in behind we didn't stop it AKB misjudging the cross I'm going to let her slide a little bit because AKB has been a fantastical season. Ultimately, you know, goalkeepers do make mistakes like that. Even after she sort of dropped it, there should have been someone in there, you know, not letting them just have a free header. Where were? I appreciate Bright was back on the line, but I don't think she should have been back on the line. I think she should have been out there marking the player. And Ingle was sort of on the edge of the box. I mean, that was, again, where we really missed Magda Eriksson because that's the sort of situation where if Magda had been around, you get the feeling she would have been instructing Millie Bright to get on the player, and okay, she did try and clear it off the line, but ultimately, from that situation, if you're giving a player, you know, like Sydney Lerman, who's good, a good player in the air, a header from about five yards out into an empty net, there's only going to be one outcome.
1: Yeah, I felt that it was G who didn't track the runner for the cross, mm-hmm. um, which is obviously where it starts. Jamie, is it, Incredibly unfair to say that Millie Bright should probably do better because I, I kind of feel like she should have done better.
2: I think... I think she could have. These, Even against City, I think she's definitely missing Magda mm. in the way they play. They just play, Where they play so well together, when one of them is not there, it's like a whole... It's, the back four is completely different and it works completely differently. And I do... I do wish Millie could have shown us a bit better and maybe tried to clear that ball.
1: Yeah, maybe you know the the, the weight of the captaincy and having to be the person that's doing Magda's job as well as her own, perhaps, mm. is is playing on her because two mistakes against City as well, um, that led to goals, which isn't really like Millie Bright. Um, you don't really associate her with mistakes like that. Um Chelsea did respond though, Jane, didn't they? And that's obviously so it's quite pleasing they responded well when they conceded against City and then when they conceded again against Bayern, yeah, their response was, was pretty good, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I think we came back just like we did against City. We came back and managed managed to get that uh, managed to get that goal, even though Melanie didn't quite realise what was going on. It was just by luck it hit her head and it went in the right direction. But yeah, we played we played well and was well to get that goal back.
1: Yeah, Rob, I've been you know, going on and on about fate and destiny that are playing a part in this Champions League campaign. And when you see that equalizer, it's sort of you've got to be a believer, haven't you?
3: Yeah, to an extent. I mean, it's one of those sort of situations where if you put good balls into the box, and one thing we I do, you know, feel we should have capitalised more on was Bayern looked all over the place at every set piece. At every single time a decent delivery was put in there, no one was winning the first contact from a Bayern perspective, and the keeper. Again, whether it was fitness or an unwillingness to come off a line wasn't coming for anything. And I do think that's one of the things, you know, looking back on it, we should have made more of because there were certainly opportunities. And again, you know, I know we'll talk about the referee, but there were certainly opportunities where if we could have got a flurry of corners or something, I feel we could have made real, you know, inroads from set pieces. And okay, that's not normally how we would play. But the big sign of a good team is the adaptability. And that's sort of the big thing that I feel was perhaps missing a little bit.
1: Yeah. Perhaps sort of looking at that, you know, you want someone like Bethany England to come on a, a bit sooner and have, you know, more opportunities to, you know, to, yes. to create chances in the air from, from crosses and corners. You mentioned the referee that Rob, um, Jane, to put it nicely, she had a poor game. Um, she booked Panilla and then let so many Bayern fouls go, which were similar or worse. Hmm. Um, I don't want to blame the referee, but she played her part in the defeat, didn't she?
2: Yeah, I think the referee definitely didn't help us. Like you said, she booked Penilla and then Bayern made fouls on us that were either worse or about the same. And they wasn't booked. And I think when you've got a ref like that and the decisions go Bayern's way, it's not going to help us at all. And if we'd had decisions go our way, then we would have been able to get a couple more goals.
1: Yeah, and I suppose you know, it does take your energy away from you when you're constantly having to argue with referees about decisions they're not giving or they're giving, you know, wrongly. In your opinion, um, uh, Robin, I suppose that showed with Bayern's second goal when the, call, the the ball goes out for a throw in and the linesman gives it to Chelsea and the Bayern bench makes a fuss and she changes her mind. And yeah, that was
3: led to I, that. I, I, I mean, I again, I love to blame referees, but I have to say here. I watched the PSG-Barcelona game as well. The refereeing in that game was abysmal. By the end of it, the referee had lost control and there were some awful, awful challenges being thrown in. And it was a wonder a player didn't get a serious injury because they lost control. In the Bayern game, it was just the referee was being dictated by whatever... And this is the problem at times, I think, with Chelsea and also where we miss Magda Eriksson. Magda is such a vocal captain and gets everyone going. And there wasn't that vocalness, whereas... Every time a decision was being made, there was a Bayern player up in the referee's face giving their two pennies. And I don't like seeing that, but it is part of the modern game nowadays. And one of the best advocates I can say for it is Ses Fabregas uh, when he was sort of Chelsea Man. Every time there was a decision given, Fabregas would be in there giving his two pennies. And it does influence referees, whether we like it or not. The, I refuse to believe that that referee from about 20 yards away could have made a better call than that lineswoman. Now, ultimately, the goal didn't just come from them having a throw-in. There's other issues there. But it did, because Chelsea were getting ready to take the attacking throw-in, and were getting ready for that, and then the decision changed. You had a load of players out of position, and Bayern suddenly had two free players in the midfield, which they didn't have for most of the rest of it. And it did, you know, the more and more you watch back on that, the more you see how out of shape we ended up. And that isn't just an excuse. There were plenty, you know, they did not score for a throw-in inside their own half. But it does show how big, you know, a decision like that can go. And this is perhaps, again, an argument for why VAR is necessary in these sorts. I loathe to, you know, say a pro of VAR, but that is a situation where if there'd been a contentious decision, I think, you know, that's when you're able to then pull it back and say, well, actually, this decision was incorrect. So we need to restart from there. Um, but yeah, I thought the referees, I thought they were absolutely abysmal. And I, I'm yet to see a UWCL game having not just from Chelsea, but from other teams as well, where I've come out of it and thought the referees had a really good game. There have been shocking decisions and increasingly the quality of the game is increasing on the women's side and the officiating needs to increase the it.
1: Yeah. I suppose that's not a problem, you know, specific to women's football. Yeah. <laughs> Men's referees are equally useless. Um, Jane Rob mentioned you know mistakes after the throwing that led to the goal. One of them again was from Millie, in my opinion, where she stepped out, fouled the Bayern forward, you know, left herself out of position. I thought that that meant that you know, Jonah couldn't step up to to the Bayern attacker because she's covering with with Sophie. What was your take on on that sort of period of play that led to that you know fantastic goal?
2: I think. It's tough. When you come to that back four, you can definitely see the difference when Magda's not there. I feel like Magda's sort of the main one in that back four. And then the rest sort of like work around her. So obviously when she's missing, you can tell that they're they they they're sort of not playing out of position, but they're not used to playing without her.
1: Yeah. Rob, in the preview to this game, uh, Mia said about Bayern being similar to Chelsea and you mentioned it yourself um, why do you think it was that they were able to sort of implement their game and, and make us play a more unnatural style, so to speak?
3: I think it, there's a couple of factors. Number one, the tiredness has to be addressed because we did have a very tough game against Manchester City midweek and Bayern had a much easier game against Turbine Potsdam where they were able to rotate. Number two, I think, and this was one of the things I do think Bayern did really well, the dark arts, of the foul and just niggly fouls in the midfield to break up play. And this is what I would say with that goal... If Sophie Ingle had been in that midfield, if Millie, if the first ball had got through Millie, Sophie would have just pulled them back and took the yellow card and the you know the move would have stopped there. Bayern were doing that all game and getting away with it because the referee wasn't giving, you know, besides penalising Peniela Harder, she didn't seem to then want to book any player that did similar challenges. And so effectively every time we had a transition, there was one or two options for them, either just crowd a player out or alternatively foul them. And that was sort of the big, that, that's something we usually do really, really well in WSL. Sophie Ingle is especially, you know, good at it. And I will not, you know, I won't criticise a defensive midfielder for a good tactical foul. They are a part of the game nowadays, whether we like it or not. The third thing, and this is the one that really, really surprised me, was that Bayern, whenever they went forward, they always were looking to try and exploit the space right in behind. And we seem really reluctant. After the first few attempts, again, there was that ball over the top. I think Bright played it for Sam Kerr and the defender got across and put in a wonderful, wonderful challenge to deny just she was about to let fly. And then after that, we stopped trying to play it over the top and we started trying to play it to feet. And every time Bayern had it, they were trying to play it in either into feet and getting them running or alternatively in behind and stretching the defence. And that's something we didn't do anywhere near enough and that's something usually we're so good at. And I do have to say... I think Kirby was poor against Manchester City and I also think she was, you know, not at her best against Bayern. And whether it's an element of fatigue setting in, I'm not going to blame Kirby if it is after the, you know, comeback trail she's had. But there was just something missing from that, you know, so lively front three.
1: Yeah, I suppose, you know, in many ways it's, it's good that there's a second leg, um, obviously, because we'd be out. But, um, you know... We're sort of learning, you know, learning the ropes, so to speak, against you know, different opposition and, you know, yeah. working out on, on the flyer. Then we can go into the next leg. Far more experienced to what, you know, Bayern do and, and how to hopefully counter that. Jane, we, we obviously were speaking a lot about Chelsea's, you know, frailties or, or mistakes, but it's you know important to praise the opposition because Bayern did do a very good job of keeping, you know, Kirby Kerr and Harder quiet for most of the game. So sort of a number of times I noticed G got the ball in midfield and she's you know putting her arms up saying I, I can't pass no on the ball because no one's free. Bayern were so well organised and well drilled, weren't they?
2: Yeah, I think it was like a lot of players in midfield they'd got the ball and they'd want to pass to the top three, but where Bayern's defence was spot on, they just had they had no chance or well, the chance they did take to try and pass it through. Bayern stepped up and managed to clear it, so we didn't get that goal. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, Rob, Emma did try and change things up. Um, Leopold's coming into the back three and she really pushed Carter and Anderson up the pitch to try and, you know, pin Bayern back a bit. But nothing seemed to, to work, did it?
3: No, to, to be honest, for me, and again, I, I don't like criticizing of Hayes because she's a, you know, world-class manager and I'm not going to suggest my tactical now anywhere near that level. Um, it's not. But the thing I thought, I personally would have maybe done is take Anderson off because she was clearly, you know, her head, I think had gone towards the end of it, put Carter back to left back and get Charles in on the right and have Charles overlapping um, sort of the midfield and maybe also pushing Kirby out towards that right wing, because we didn't really sort of make, take advantage of that space in behind because there was that space in behind for Bayern when they pushed their fullbacks forward. And, it was only towards the very end when we had Neem Charles on in that more advanced role that we actually started using it. And every time she was running at them, it was one of either, you know, a foul, the ball going out for a throw in an advanced position or her going around them. And I don't think we used that anywhere near enough. I'd have also personally been tempted to maybe get Cuthbert or Fleming on and tell them specifically to try and exploit that space. I, I would like to see Fleming get more chances in games like that, because I think Fleming could have offered quite a lot more, especially in the final 10 minutes with the direct running. Because I think by the end of it, it'd be fair to say G looked quite exhausted.
1: Yeah, which obviously isn't um, surprising. Mm. Um, Jane, John, obviously, the majority of the attacks were coming down her side, which sort of Mia prophesied. And you could tell, I mean, you could hear Emma telling her to push forward on um, the stream that I was watching, Um do you think it's all, she got quite a lot of stick for this game. Is that justified, or you know, I think Carter does get more protection on on the right hand side. Is it a case of John a bad game, or Jana not protected enough?
2: Um, I wouldn't say that Jona had a bad game. I just think the way sort of like Bayern was playing, she didn't have them opportunities to show how well she can play, and with stadiums being empty, you hear. You hear what the managers say more, mm. so you can hear what they're being told. When you've got a stadium full of fans, chanting and everything, you can't hear the managers. So it is interesting to see what the managers do say to the players throughout the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no denying that you know at times they got the better of her. But I do, I, you know, I, I do believe Rob that that Jess on the right hand side they do protect her because I think they have to. Mm. What, what's your f- What's your thoughts on Jess at right back? Because I know she's got experience. I think she does you know, a solid job. But does she offer enough you know, at the other end to sort of justify that place?
3: This is what I think is different. This is why I said I would have played Carter at left back. I think Carter is defensively very solid. I don't think she offers enough going forward. But I think you can get away with that if you have a sort of Let's face it, when we have Mayer and Fit, we're blessed because we've got two players that are very good on the front foot and also Mayer, who's very good defensively, and Jonna, who, you know, is a solid player defensively. Um, And, you know, when we ultimately other full-backs aren't at that same level. Now, I personally would have played Carter at left-back because I think there was always going to be the threat of Hannah Glass getting forward. And I think, you know, I would have personally started Carter and Cuthbert over on that side to sort of contain her and then had Charles on the right and, you know, had Kirby probably on the right or sort of drifting out to the right and telling them both to bomb forward and to really use that space in behind and sort of force Byron to go down that side. Because if we'd have forced them down that left side, which we never really did, that's when the space behind would open up. Whereas in with Hannah Glass getting forward, whenever that space opened up in behind, because Anderson was pinned back, we couldn't ever use it. And we never looked likely to use it.
1: Yeah, I think that's obviously going to be you know the thing to watch in the second leg is how well you know, Chelsea responds to what happened in the first leg on that side mm. um Chelsea obviously did have a few more chances G hit the bar England had a header harder had a good chance in the first half actually she also also had you know, the tapping that she just couldn't get to from a free kick in the second half Jane that's going to give Chelsea sort of belief that they're they did create chances even though they didn't probably play as well as they would have hoped.
2: I think we had so many chances and it was just unlucky that they didn't hit the back of the net. And I think, and I think the team knew that they, they knew they were trying to get them goals in, but it just wasn't, it wasn't their day with with scoring the goals.
1: Rob, is there a case for Bethany England to to play on Sunday? And, she's she's fresh and she's hungry she makes herself you know a nuisance she's good in the air and Bayern were terrible at set pieces
3: maybe although I feel like if you, I feel at the moment it's hard to argue about dropping Sam Kerr because I don't think you know Kerr had a bad game I think they marshalled her well but you know the two she, the one time she really or the couple of times she really got and turned her back to you know the defence she was fouled Um and there were numerous other times that she would have got fouls in WSL um, that bizarrely the referee didn't seem to give. Again, it seemed to be that the Bayern centre halves could do whatever they liked, and whenever Chelsea did the exact same up the other end, Bayern were going down screaming, clutching their faces, and getting the free kicks. And perhaps it's Kerr needed to be a bit more, you know, streetwise in that regard and just you know exaggerate injuries. I don't like saying that, but I think that's the way about it sometimes with European referees. Um, The issue I think with putting England in is that I'm not sure whether you can play. Who would you take out would be my question to it, because I'm not sure how you fit Beth England in, whilst also I think keeping Kerr in the lineup. I think you have to have Peniel Harder for the way we play. I don't see Frank Kirby being dropped, and I can't, you know, I don't think we can afford to take out the midfield options. The only one I could potentially maybe see is if you put Kirby maybe into the number 10 role and then drop vanilla harder. But I think you then lose a lot of the backtracking that harder does do. And a lot of the running off the ball because Kirby does, you know, she does track back and I'm not going to say she doesn't, but she's much more effective if you have her in that final third on the break. And I don't think you can really afford to sort of leave three players up there against Bayern. I think that's sort of suicidal because then you leave yourself so exposed in the midfield.
1: Yeah, it's obviously um, a conundrum for Emma, how she approaches the second leg, which we're going to talk about pretty shortly. Um, Jane, I was saying on Discord sort of during the game that you know it's probably more important at 2-1 that we didn't concede than it was for us to equalise. Um, obviously, 2-1 is not great, but it's not the worst result in the world, is it?
2: No, the way I've looked at the score is that we actually drew two two. Because obviously the away goals count as two. So I'm thinking more positive and I think I've told myself we've come away with the draw and we've got we've got the advantage in the next game.
1: That's great until we draw 0-0. <laughs> <laughs> and they say actually no, that's just one goal for you, two for Bayern. Um okay, Jane, give us the player of the match vote before we look ahead to next. Week.
2: So the Chelsea Women supporters group didn't actually hold their play of the match poll on Twitter. I don't know if the CFCW social did one.
3: Uh, no, we only do them for we only do them for draws if we consider it an acceptable result, and for wins we don't do it for defeats.
1: I did actually see on Facebook just before we come on that they did a vote on there, which uh, Liverpool's won with ninety two mm-hmm. votes. I think it's actually hard to pick somebody out, Rob. To be fair.
3: Yeah, I, I think Leopold was as good a shout as anyone, to be honest. I think she was well fired up for it. I thought Pinilla Harder, again, she didn't miss that big chance, but I thought she had generally quite a good game. Again, you could see how frustrated she was getting at times of the referee. And I think it was probably a good thing to bring her off because I think she would have either talked herself or, you know, just put in X number of niggly fouls in and got herself sent off because you could see how frustrated she was getting. And I can understand that because she wasn't being afforded the protection that you know the other players were getting um, but yeah I think Liverpool it was a strange game where there's one you know it's very hard to pick a player who you'd say actually you know they had a good performance even though 2-1 is not a bad result
1: yeah let's um, hope for next week there is a player of the match poll because that means we've won or or drawn let's um, move on then sort of preview the second leg so to speak um, Chelsea obviously need a one 0 win um, to progress. Rob, are you confident or has that first leg performance from Bayern sort of changed
3: your opinion on, on Chelsea's chances? I mean, I'm I'm never confident that they to do a Chelsea football club in the slightest, um, just by the nature of Chelsea Football Club. But I uh, yeah, I don't see what should have changed our opinion. You know, on another day, we could quite easily have come away from there with maybe a you know a two-two. A sort of 3 2 win, um, if Pinilla sort of put that tap in a way as well. And suddenly that's a real, you know, different scoreline. I don't see why we shouldn't think that we can, you know, turn it around at King's because I think buying were that outstanding. And I think, you know, as long as we get a better ref and get Magda Eriksson back, then there's no reason we can't go ahead and turn it around.
1: Yeah, Jamie, we spoke about obviously having to play Manchester City just a few days before this game. Obviously, now there's a four weeks. Um, rest for the players they should be sort of raring to go uh, with all sort of the tactical insight from memo ready for this game shouldn't
2: they yeah I think with this being a full week we've, we've got longer to recover obviously last week we played on the Wednesday I'm guessing Thursday was a rest day and they was in on Friday and then Saturday they flew out so when you think about it they didn't have much time at all to even prepare for the game so where we've they would have got back late last night. We've got this whole week to recover and prepare ourselves ready for the second leg.
1: Yeah, I was pleased with Emma's comments after the game where she said, oh, make sure they're ready. Because I felt that she was taking responsibility for some of her choices mm. and decisions in match. And she knows that she probably got them wrong. Obviously, it's easy for us with hindsight to hear and say, Emmy was wrong. But um, she obviously has to live and, and, and die by that during the game. Rob, we mentioned Erin Cuthbert as well. I was shocked that she didn't play to try and contain Hannah um, Glass. Do you, yeah. see Do you see her coming back for the second leg as she did against Wolfsburg? She came in and made a huge difference.
3: Yeah, I, I think, to be honest, if if it's fully fit, I think we'll see Ingle into the midfield. We'll see Liverpool starting and we'll see Cuthbert playing. And I think you'll probably see both Wrighton and uh, G dropped just because I think they offer more in these combative games. And I think, you know, Ingle back into the midfield will be a big bonus because it will give us that extra presence in there and that passing presence, which I think we lacked.
1: Yeah, it also enables you know Melanie to do her work a bit higher up the pitch because she obviously mm. she has to sit at the base in the midfield and she did a fantastic job, but I think you lose a little bit of her quality as well. Jane, does this mean our hopes of, of winning rely on the fitness of Magda Eriksson?
2: No. I'm confident even if Magda's not fit. I feel like she could be fit by Sunday, but even if she's not back, I still think we've got hope and we can still do it.
1: Rob, if she's not fit, would you play somebody else at centre-back and keep Sophie Ingle in midfield? Because you don't need a you know a massive presence at centre-half in this game. Could, you know, could Carter go in there alongside Millie?
3: Maybe, although I do kind of feel that if we sort of did did go for something like that, if Bayern did bring back Leo Schuller, that would be a sort of big... Because Shuler's pace in behind is such a threat that we will need to be aware of um, in the second leg. And again, I think, you know, she clearly wasn't fully fit, which is why she came off the bench. But some of her runs in behind were brilliant. And it was just a case of poor, you know, end product from Bayern towards the end. And that's probably why I think their passing accuracy was so low because of the number of those counterattacks towards the end that they just walloped it straight through to AKB um, but I, I think you could maybe get away with it but it would be, uh, you know, let's just work on the basis that Magda Eriksson's going to be back let's just, you know, let's just get the prayer circle ready and uh, assume that that's going to be the case
1: Yeah, We're banning the use of the candle emoji on Twitter because it doesn't work um, Fleming hasn't scored, Magda's still injured, um, so we're working on... I, I noticed
3: that Magda's injury coincided with you starting doing more music, so I think that's a good sign to show that that should end as well
1: Actually, I did announce I retired from making videos. Maybe because of I've stopped and I need to make a song for Magda. Um, no, I won't do that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Rob, another question about defence. Obviously, right back. If if you're the boss, do you play Jess Carter or do you play Neve Charles? Uh,
3: I would play Neem Charles at right back and I would put Carter in at left back and put Cuthbert in on that side and contain her wrath. I would I, I would take John out of the firing line just because I think, I think the first leg will play on our mind a little bit, and it'll also play on Bayern's mind. If they see Anderson on the team sheet again next time round, we know all the attacks are just going to keep going through that side. And um, we saw it against uh, Wolfsburg that Charles had an excellent first leg Um up against them, up against Rolfer, who she was expected to struggle against. And Wolfsburg's joy came down the side that we thought was all going to be fine because Jon Anderson was there. So I think you possibly go with Carter and Charles and you work on the basis that Magda and Millie are hopefully going to give you the experience of the big games. And let's not let's also, yeah, be fair to Jess Carter. She has plenty of experience at this level. So, you know, we shouldn't forget that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jane, what's your thoughts on, on Rob's plan?
2: I think I think it's a good plan. I'd have to agree with it. I think whatever Emma picks on Sunday is going to work. Like Dean said, she said about that she's going to work the team hard and some of the mistakes she may take, she may take the blame for. So I think I've got faith in Emma, whatever she picks.
1: Yeah, I'll be happy with... John are staying in even if or if Jess goes there you know I've learnt not to um, go too mad before kickoff because usually mm. it bites you on something <laughs> else um, Jane I'm going to expect Bayern to come and just sit back and counter-attack us because they can because they are in the lead um, getting the likes of G or putting you know, harder on the ball you know it's sort of going to be vital because that long ball that we usually play from defence is not probably going to be an option because they're gonna sit so deep.
2: I think the first the first 10 minutes is gonna to be tough. And that we're gonna to need to work work our way through Bayern's defense. But I think if we come out strong and fight him, we'll be fine and we'll man- we'll be able to get them long balls through and be able to score the goals.
1: Yeah, Rob, I suppose it's a case of not panicking really, because it's only one goal. Not leaving ourselves too wide open for counters because obviously a goal from Bayern sort of changes mm. our outlook straight away. Case just sort of slow and steady wins the race, maybe?
3: It's it's a lot like the way that Wolfsburg came into the second leg against us in that if they get the first goal, the first goal is going to be massive on the Sunday even if indeed there is a goal because whoever gets that, I think, will go on and win the top. And, you know, I'll, I'll quite comfortably now my card to the master.
1: yeah. Rob, in the first leg as well, you know, Bayern's press sort of impressed me. They were sort of all over us very quickly. You know, a case of having to outrun them to beat them. And that's why Aaron would be so important in that midfield.
3: Yes. Although it's also a case of sticking the ball in the back of the net and uh, not letting them do it.
1: Yeah. That obviously football is a simple game, but if we spoke like a simple game, we wouldn't be able to do a podcast because there'd be (laughs) nothing to bloody say. Um, Let's get a prediction from you then for the second leg. I'm not gonna pick a team because I've no idea what don't want to curse Magda. So yeah, tough. Jane, prediction.
2: Um it's tough. I'm gonna to say 2-0 to us.
1: Two-nil, that's a nice score, Rob.
2: Yeah. Uh
3: two-one after extra time and then win on penalties. <laughs>
1: I'm going to have to go with Rob, because I think we won't not concede. I think Bayern will score. than don't know if we're going to score three, though, really. But either way, Chelsea to progress to the final, as you would expect from a Chelsea podcast. Okay, let's hope then that Chelsea progress. Um, so before we go to a break, we've got our usual sort of little notices. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find us by searching Wentworth Kings Meadow Um, We used to publish three or four videos a week, but Jane's gone back to work. So I am working on doing something very different with YouTube, um, which isn't the podcast, something different on there, using um, some streams, maybe some live streams. So subscribe and wait patiently is what I'm going to say, Uh, please. um, Don't forget to join our Discord channel. Discord is the perfect place for matchday discussions. Uh, lots of people in there for the, for the buying game. You know, it was great fun to chat in there. and It's a bit easier to control than you know, a Twitter feed, which is going absolutely crazy. Um, download the app, search for Wendtomoke Kings Meadow, or click the link in the description of this episode. We'll leave it in there. Uh, a reminder, if you follow both the men's and the women's team, then check out the main Chelsea fan show. Uh, they publish on Monday and Friday nights. Um, they also have a Patreon account, so if you'd like to support the shows financially, you can do so by heading to www.patreon.com forward slash Fancast, No obligation to do so. We love you either way. And also we want as many people listening to shows about the women's team, so make sure you check out and listen to London is Blue, who featured the women's team in some special episodes, uh, the team at 195, Every Other Sunday, the new podcast by Daniel Charles and Jane McIntosh, and of course the only other podcast which is exclusively about the Chelsea SC women's team that we know about, France Fight Club, Um, If there's any other podcast that you know, or maybe you do your own one, um, let me know and I'll shout you out as well. Uh, Make sure to check out the CSTW social, Um, not just because Rob's here. We say this every week. Um, Aside from my column, there's lots of fantastic content from some amazing people. So make sure you follow them. As I said earlier, the second best Twitter account to be following behind us, obviously. Um, and don't forget to check out the Chelsea and Sports Group on Facebook and Twitter. The more supporters involved in those groups, the better for everyone.
3: Uh, that's it. Right. After this, sorry, Rob, go ahead. Can I throw in one more note? Also, check out the Chelsea Pride Group for the great work that they do for LGBT plus community. Absolutely,
1: it's um, I'm going to say it's completely wrong. Um, Lesbian Visibility Week, um, probably got the wrong header for that, sorry. Um, check out Chelsea Pride, as Rob said. You'll find all the information about that. Uh, much, much more. Um, they're a good one to add. Rob, see, Rob should be on board as editor for this. Um, yeah, join us after this short break for part two.
0: Finde, was du brauchst, auf stockx.com. Real fans, Real Opinions. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play.
1: Welcome back to part two of Went to Mo Kings Meadow. Time now for your emails. Jane, who's been in touch with us this week?
2: So our first emails from Nkmo. Hi guys, I love the podcast and please keep on doing what you are doing because I love it. Sunday's match against Bayern reminded me a little too much of Bryson's, Bryson's loss we had in February, where we had most of the possession, created better chances, but still no end product because of the other team defended well and parked the bus. I love Emma, but in that match he got everything wrong. I kept on watching the match, and everything didn't feel right. We weren't playing the way we usually play. Firstly, the lineup: instead of Guru and Carter, she should have went with Charles and Cuff. Car- but Carter might might be good at defending but she's not good at going forward like Charles which according to Emma's tactics she she should suggest her right back and left back do. I still don't understand why Emma suggests Ingle being a centre-back. I'd rather have defenders up there like Blundell and Charles who socialises in defending. Ingle might play two positions but that does not mean that she should that she should plus loopholes about Ingle gives me right without our Ericsson vibes. Secondly, Cuthbert should have played. We had one DM in that game and we usually play with two. So Cuthbert, as usual, would have done the tackles and dirty work. That was our forwards dread doing. We weren't even pressing the way we usually do up front, which was essential because of the way Bayern defended. Not to mention our forwards barely got the ball service during the game. At times, you could see Kirby going up the midfield and defence in order to create chances. The midfield was not connecting with our forwards at all. Let's not even talk about the late subs. Anyway, there is so much talk about what went wrong. Hopefully our players can get rest because they look so fatigued. I trust Emma to figure out everything before Sunday. I have faith that we will go through to the final. We just have to play our cards right.
1: Yeah, lots to unpack that we already, I think, unpacked a lot of that email. I promise we didn't read that first, then make our own suggestions of that. Um, Brighton vibes, I didn't really think about that Rob, but kind of a
3: point. No, no I, think that's, I think that's incredibly harsh against, against, I also think it's harsh than saying about, you know, the other team defender won't well park the bus. I don't think you could accuse Bayern of parking the bus um, against us. They, you know, they were streetwise and they were solid defensively but they didn't park the bus. They had plenty of threat on the counter-attack. So I, I disagree vehemently with that point.
1: Yeah, I, I suppose there's a vibe that, although we had good chances, I don't think we overly looked like scoring, apart from set pieces, really. Apart
3: um, from apart from the GF at the hit the bar, did we ever really have a chance where we forced the keeper into actually making a dive or going for a save? I, I can't remember any of them. The only one was the header across where Harder could have tapped home and the keeper claimed it. That's the only other time I can think.
1: Yeah, because England's header was over the bar. Um, Harder's effort in the first half was over the bar. I think it was 12 shots, one on target, which obviously mm. you know, limits your chances of scoring if you um, don't shoot on target, which is seems quite simple. Jane, we obviously mentioned Cufffoot as well. Um, sorry, I don't want to talk about that right now. I want to talk about the first point, which was Ingle, Ingle and Liverpool's the Brighton-Eriksson vibes. Is that something you agree with? Because Liverpool obviously plays a lot without Ingle, but in these big games, we do tend to have Ingle in there as well.
2: I think it's sort of, you sort of get a mixture of them sort of vibes. They play well together, but I feel like they they can play, they can still play well without each other, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, it does. (laughs) Um, Now we can talk about (laughs) Coughbett that's the order in which it's written. <laughs> um Rob definitely you have to agree that you know she does you know the tackles and sort of the dirty work that allows the forwards to do the forward work.
3: Mm. I, I you know I'm a big fan of of, of Cuthbert Ingle, and also of Lurpoles in the midfield. I think they have a really good balance between them. And I think we can get away in certain games in WSL having one of them missing because ultimately other teams in WSL aren't you know, on the same level as us. But in the bigger games in Europe, you need your best players playing and you need the players that, not necessarily the technically the best players, but the players that are best at doing the dirty work. Because I think we can get away with having three hard-working midfielders that aren't necessarily going to be huge goal threats themselves if we've got that front three. But once you take one of those midfielders out and maybe try and add a bit more creative flair and in like Guru Wright, and she did have some nice touches in the game, but at the same time, it would badly affect us in the transition.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Thanks for the email and Camo. Stay in touch. Um, Jane, who else has been in touch?
2: So our second email was from Solas. Heil, fan of the pod and you keep growing and developing. Thoughts of the game yesterday? There was definitely a case for emotional exhaustion following Wednesday's 2-2 at City. This can't be underestimated, how it can affect performance. Looked like some of the players' first touch wasn't 100%. Wayward passes, sharpness at the final uh, third was smothered. Fine tactical game was superior on Sunday. Our right flank was out of depth today. Today, Our, An unfit tower of leadership and stability stab- we can only hope we will turn for next Sunday. I can see us winning the return and getting to the final because we will not perform so perform so poorly at home up the Chelsea.
1: Yeah, Rob, I suppose, you know, it's the last point there I want to touch on. You know, we can't perform that badly at home because we'll be out. Emma mm. said she'll make sure they're ready. Does that give you sort of the confidence that you believe they will be?
3: Yeah, I, I don't doubt. I don't doubt Emma Hayes when she says that. Um, at the end of the day, we've been here before, we've seen big games like this before. We know what we're all about, we know what the team will be all about, and the, I, there is no reason to say that we're out of the out of the tie. There is no reason at this moment to say it. it is not a disastrous scoreline, it is one that can be turned around. I think saying that the right flank was out of depth, I think that's unfair, to be honest. I didn't think the right flank was that bad. Um, again, you know, I thought Anderson was a much worse sort of um, performer on the day, but I think you know we have to look at the fact that the team have played big games now, and every time we've had big games this season, Emma has really roused us up and really got us going for the big games. And I think you know the week's rest, hopefully a chance to recharge, maybe a chance to you know get players back to full fitness, is going to be a big big thing for us.
1: Yeah, Jane, I suppose as well, you know, this is it, isn't it? There's no, you know, you can't replay the match after Sunday that it's going to be done and and dusted. So, yeah, they've got to to turn up and deliver.
2: Yeah, I think the players know this game. They've got to put their all in, otherwise they're going to come out with nothing. And I think being at home, that will give, I feel like that will give them that extra little bit of boost. Although the fans aren't there, I feel like being at home and surrounded by... Surrounded by what they're used to, it will help them.
1: Yeah, and you know, as Solas said, you know, exhaustion after Man City, they don't have that this week. I thought they were going to move Tottenham forward to this week, but they haven't. So, um, good news for us, I think, in that sense, um, that they have a full week to to rest and recover, do some juju magic for Magda's calf, do anything really to get her back in this team. Um, if you want to be like Kamo and Solas and get your points heard on the show, all you have to do is email us at Um As long as they're in, by the time we start recording, we will read them out. Um, no matter how long, short, or whatever the opinion is, um, we're there to to read it and discuss it. Um, yeah, And very sadly, that is all we've got time for this week. Um, we're back next Sunday, I believe, um, to talk about, hopefully, Chelsea reaching the final with the Champions League. For the very first time, we'll be joined by Dane Whittle from the Chelsea fan class for that one. Uh, Jane, it's always a pleasure to talk Chelsea with you.
2: Yeah, it's been good. And hopefully next Sunday, we'll be talking about the final we're going to the following week or following two weeks.
1: Yeah. And Rob, um, thanks very much for joining us. Before we sort of go, I thought it would be a good time now to discuss um, next weekend's social media blackout and sort of mm. what the Chelsea social were doing with that and what others should probably do as well.
3: Yeah, so again, as, as people are probably aware, there's a well-publicised uh, social media boycott being completed by all Premier League clubs, I believe all clubs in the 92. Um, I believe a lot of the clubs in the non-league pyramid as well, and the clubs in WSL and uh, the uh, Women's Championship, to you know fight against the fact that social media companies do absolutely nothing to prevent abuse, do absolutely nothing to prevent um, sort of, you know, discrimination and abuse on their platforms they're more interested in going after spurious copyright claims um i myself have received various forms of abuse on social media i'm sure you know you probably i you know i hope not but i'm sure you probably both have also experienced it and i know members of the chelsea social team have discovered had disgusting racial abuse um sort of sent at them on the platform um we are going to be taking part in the boycott from friday until monday we recognize that there is a very big match on the Sunday, and we will still be supporting the team in spirit and putting content out on the website for it. We will be covering it in full on sort of on the Tuesday, and sort of going back through all of the information that we've missed. We'll be cover covering sort of the week that we missed of content, but it is more important to get the message out there. And I believe I'm also right in saying that Chelsea Pride and uh, the Women's Supporters Group are going to be joining us. Again, if anyone else would like to sort of you know join the group that's doing it, we're putting together. For a bit of a joint statement at the CFC social that we're inviting anyone to sort of you know put their signatories to to show that we're all united against this sort of awful sort of a uh, situation that we ended up in,
1: yeah. That's something that obviously Jane we would love to um to help support and something that we're going to be doing through, through our socials, isn't it?
2: Yeah, definitely. I know the Chelsea Women's Supporters group on Twitter put something out to say that they were gonna be off for the weekend and then hopefully. Hopefully, it'll be able to make a change.
1: Mm. Yeah, so the first the first steps. Hopefully, I think um, Lauren James, the Man United um, forward and sister of Chelsea's Reese um, James, received more racial abuse recently, and I think she hopes that this blackout will be the first small steps of, of change. Obviously, I said we'll be back next Sunday. We are recording on Sunday, but that won't be published until after the. The social media blackout um so you'll wait till tuesday what time morning, is okay. tuesday morning yeah
3: tuesday morning it ends at twenty three fifty nine on bank holiday monday
1: yeah so after then um we will publish our episode of sunday's game um remember if you want to get in touch with us for the show you can do so by emailing went to at gmail.com also join us on discord um we will still be active during the game on, on Discord because um, we're going to be watching it. It's basically like WhatsApp. Um, so you just chat, um, but we won't be using our Twitter account or our Instagram account during that sort of weekend. Um, you can follow us on social media. We are there normally, but not during a social media blackout. Um, that is at Mokings Meadow. I am at Dean Mears. Jane is at Jane Chapel X. And Rob is at RJP Journalism. You can also find us on Instagram at Wentomo Kings Meadow. Uh, of course, check out the Chelsea socials. Uh, Rob, I haven't got the at, so can let you. Uh, so chat at them at out.
3: the Chelsea social, if you want to follow the men's team, we're very close to fifteen thousand uh, followers. So you know, please help us get over the line. And we're very close to eight thousand at the at the CFCW social. Uh, so yeah, you know, we're really hoping to hit both those milestones soon, and hopefully have our own things to celebrate along with continued success for the teams.
1: Yeah, like I said the second best Twitter account on Twitter behind us, obviously. So make sure you're following us first, then the CFCW social second, um, but make sure you follow in both because that's what we, we love to see. Um, yeah. And again, don't forget to email the show. Went to gmail.com Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, Chelsea fans from Kings Meadow to Wembley, keep that blue flag flying home.
0: Finde, was du brauchst auf stockx.com.